Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Today's episode was recorded at DRS Studios. Hit them at drsatl.com. Come check them out for all your needs. As you can tell, they do amazing work. I'm Vince. This is Art. What's happening? What's good, people? Um, you know, we we give thanks most of the time, so I, I want to say thank you. We won't go all in, but I do want to say, man, we, we are growing. The numbers are growing. They're still looking real good, but I do want everybody out there to go ahead and, and, and share this podcast, share it with your, your friends, your family, your mom. It don't really matter who. Just share it. Let more people know what we're doing. And as I was looking at our numbers in the last couple of weeks, what I, what I saw was we have hit a pocket of people someplace because Sweden has all of a sudden jumped way up the charts as far as countries really listening to us. Sweden, wow. huh? Right. Who the hell is listening to Wild Black in Sweden? I need I to wonder, know that. I wonder if it black people in Sweden like that. Are there black people in Sweden? Are there black people in Sweden? I don't think so. I think <laughs> I think I think if they're listening, they want to learn because they really legit don't know shit about black people, about black anything. I hear that. So I think it's intriguing to them. We might have hit a pocket right there. Yeah, yeah. like it's, it's probably man. like brand new things to them, I mean, and probably learned a lot. Like their parents probably told them to hate us or some shit like that, but then <laughs> then they turn around and. Found this podcast and was like, I was raised wrong. <laughs> I like, wish I was black. <laughs> Yo, everybody in Sweden, <laughs> if, if anybody is out there listening from Sweden, shoot us an email. If you know somebody that's black in Sweden, shoot them this podcast. <laughs> right. they, yes, need they need it. Tell I us what you think you, and why you It's a learning tool for them, I promise you. <laughs> Maybe they just listening because the content is so goddamn dope. It's got to be what it is. Dopeness does that, too. Right. It's got to yeah. be what it is. It's just a pocket in Sweden, though. So, <laughs> so the folks in Sweden may be, you know, passing the podcast along. Maybe and what's crazy is, like, when, when I saw it, like, I saw it was, like, five or six people from Sweden. And then the next day, it was, like, at 40. And the day after that, it was, like, 130. I'm like, damn, Sweden is going hard. They're sharing it. Blowing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they share Because you, you say your um, social media handles and stuff. So yeah. they sharing it every Time that you record. Yo, sweet. Shout out to Sweden. We appreciate you. (laughs) Shout out to Sweden. We appreciate you. But today's topic, dope, just like all the other ones. (laughs) I'm excited about this one. (laughs) (laughs) Every time we do a topic close to this, you get excited. Yeah, buddy. Yes, yes. This is going to be good with people. All right, no more. No more games. No more jokes with it. Today we're talking about exotic dancing, stripping, whatever you call it. And um, I think a lot of people look at exotic dancing, look at stripping, and they forget that all the bias and racism that we deal with in our country follows everybody to every industry. People are people no matter what, and there's no different inside of this particular industry. Uh, the dancers, the ladies that you know dancing, you know, the fellas, I, I guess. I just want to think of. Exotic dancing fellas don't pop into my mind, but I guess, you know, we, we mm-hmm. they do do it. They're, they're, they're there. Yeah, so... You know, they're dealing with bias, they're dealing with racism, and we're going we're gonna to talk about some of that today. So I want to welcome to the show. Well, we're not going to talk about guys, though. We're going to talk about <laughs> <the dude>. No. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I want to welcome Miss Danny Love. What's up? To What's Wild up? Black today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. What's up, loveys? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Art, right, you want to run through her background real quick, My brother? My pleasure, bro. Uh, so Danny is a 31-year-old entrepreneur and never had any doubts that working for someone long-term was not in the cards for her. Uh, she knew during her childhood years that music was what she wanted to do. But she also was sure that one plan of attack wouldn't work it all out. So while she worked on her music, she also began a career in massage therapy, exotic dancing, and pole dancing, but never forgot about the love of music and recently dropped her first mixtape, Pound Juiced Up or Hashtag Juiced Up. That's the name? Juiced Up, yeah. Cool, cool. <laughs> well, before we get out of here today, we're going to learn a little bit more about that. Absolutely. But um, is there anything you want to tell the people about yourself before we jump in some of this wild black shit? Uh, no, you the, the questions and what we about to get into is going to say everything about me. Because <laughs> there's not too many of them out there like me. So, you know, it's, it's good. All right, cool. For sure. Well, we're going to jump into this wild black shit. We're going to learn a little bit more about Danny and have a little bit of fun. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. It's like <laughs> a little mini game show. Mm-hmm. All right, so in black households, what are one or two of the things you bet not be doing during a bad storm? Cooking. What else? Taking a bath. That's the one I was looking for. <laughs> but why is it that for us in a black household, if you turn it on the stove, if you're in a bathtub, or if you're on the phone, you got to hang up? I don't know what that is. <laughs> so I, when I'm looking at the question, I was like, oh, she going to get, if not both of them, one of them. Because right. everybody black daughter. So I have no clue what a storm got to do anything with a shower or the tub. I'm thinking because of the lightning and if you're taking a bath, but like your, your mama was like, it's coming for you because you're in the tub of water. So lightning's coming for you. You need to get out the shower. Like, I don't know, but my mom used to say, wait till you get out of the tub or, or wait till the storm passes before you get in the tub. Or, so, you can wait till in the morning to take your showers. Right, it's like, like any, any body of water you cannot be near if it's Better it's, not if it's, it's, it's raining. Associated no. to lightning. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It has to be the lightning. So what is it with the phone? Is it coming through the phone line? Electricity, because yeah. uh-huh, they can the power lines. You can, can hit, electricity. Absolutely, <laughs> man, that lightning hit the power lines. Good. It might shock you, or it might do some crazy mess. You don't know what the power lines gonna do in the lightning strike. <laughs> A black mom said, "Hey, you ain't going out like that. No, you ain't going out by the electricity. No, I'm gonna save your life. Get off the phone. My it's wife, thunder and lightning. to this day, would be like, no baths." I mean, I can't. I'm, I can't stand myself right, right now. Right, I'm catching you know, a whiff of myself every time I turn around. Right. I'm catching a whiff. I don't so like it. So like Tristan ain't gonna do them, but get the funk off better. Right, <laughs> go burn it off. I kill you, bitch. I'm gonna smell good. Oh, a little rotisserie, but you're gonna be. Right. You're you gonna burn all them germs off. Oh man! <laughs> all right, question number two. <laughs> this one's funny to me. If any generationally older family member, especially mama, daddy, or any grandparent, sent you to the store with $10 to buy a pack of cigarettes, what one or two things had you better come back with? But they change. <laughs> you better bring them back. They change. You don't she get no interest. She's skipping beat. You know, <laughs> That was a softball. Everybody, <laughs> yes. And your granddad knew exactly how much change exactly. you were supposed to come back with. Exactly. Now, what brand of cigarettes were you bringing back? Newport, short Amen. in the box. <laughs> Wait a minute. You know, you had short to in the, the detail. Newport, yeah. short in the box, yeah. You've been sent to the store before. Oh, what? <laughs> uh, but I was excited to do it as soon as I turned 18. You know, that, that was, I didn't smoke. But I was, you want me to get you some? I can do I it now. <laughs> I can. As of yesterday, I can do it. So, <laughs> that's, I, I remember everybody smoking them Newport, short so in the box. Newport's was there. Yeah. Newport was an African-American Man. Staple like back in the day when everybody was smoking. We yep. should have bought stock in Newport's way back then. Mm-hmm. Huh. All right. The last question. This is our staple wild black question. What do you love most about life while black? The fact that people try to imitate me so bad. Like, and I'm just being myself, you know? Like I'm I woke up this way. I was born this way. I came into the world this way. But you have other cultures who try to have my lips, try to have my nose, try to have my ass, try to have everything. But 
I can't help it. I just have to wake up. You have to go and pay all this money to go and try and look like what I was given. You they want to be us so and bad. You be us, but you hate us so much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. How do you want to have all the attributes that I have, but you still hate me so bad? I yeah. still have to work harder than Becky. Like, you love you me, know, but hate me at the same time. At the same time. time. But, you know, over the years and as I get older, it's just like, I get it. At first, it was it was painful because it's like, shit, I'm just never, ever going to catch a break. I'm, just, right. I'm black. I've already failed, you know? Right. But as I started learning more and getting more experienced and being around more people, it's like, I'm pretty dope, you know? And I see why you want to be me. So I mm-hmm. just don't want to do anything but level up myself right. you know in all areas more of me more of me yeah yeah, exactly. yeah. yep i think that's dope cool that's, that's that's knowledge you dropped right there <laughs> well you ready to move into this literary piece brother yeah let's jump into it cool. so so today's literary piece comes from a sexuality research study uh and social policy article by sociologist Simon brooks let me read it so structural racism has significant impact in the sex industry Uh, As research shows, the colonial beauty standards affect the sex industry, um, leading to better treatment and more money for lighter-skinned women. Furthermore, racial hierarchies in specific geographic locations play a role such that people identify black strip clubs as lower quality than predominantly white clubs. Uh Personally, I don't believe that, but uh, in summary, sex work in and of itself is often not viewed as a problem by women of color, but rather lack of decent shifts, safety, and better monetary gain. So what do you think about that? Like, before we jump in, just being in the industry, like, what pops into your head when you when you read this? Does it, does it ring true? And I can read it again, too. Yeah, it was, read, it, read, it, uh, read it one more time. I want to make sure my... Yeah. So structural racism has significant impact in the sex industry as research shows that colonial beauty standards affect the sex industry, leading to better treatment and more money for lighter skinned women. Furthermore, racial hierarchies in specific geographic locations play a role such that people identify black strip clubs as lower quality uh, than predominantly white clubs. Mm -hmm. So what we have to remember, and it sucks, but... White is always standard, right? To peep to the Shit, everyone the, to everyone, right? Mm-hmm. You know, white, even to a lot of us, kind of the for sure. Right. But, right. See, yep. but even even still, we're guilty of certain things that we deal with. We want to deal with white people, you know, mm-hmm. and certain things we're not going to deal with us because of the stigma and because right. of what what we already know. You right. know what I'm saying? So when it comes to the strip clubs. You got a lot of them out here that are full of variety. Right. They have Latinas. They have um, white girls, black girls, light-skinned girls, darker-skinned girls. And a lot of the times, they want darker-skinned girls. Like, from in my experience, from how I maneuvered through, um, I started at Pleasers. Mm -hmm. And I was 24. I had regulars. I had, oh, it was, that was a good time. But when you go, it was crazy because when you go in there, it just felt like a whole nother world. Like, <laughs> then when you leave, it's like, oh, okay. Air is a little bit different. You know, this is real world. But, um, yeah, they will chill in there because it's kind of like therapy right. <laughs> a little bit. Like, they're getting away from what's out there, you know, for a little bit. It's literally like a whole different place. So, you have the guys that liked me because, yeah, I was lighter and my I had my real hair. I mm-hmm. always wore my real hair when I first started. I didn't know about weaves and sew-ins. You know, I didn't couldn't afford it. You know, at that time, I I just right. knew how to straighten my hair. You know, and go to work. Right. You know, that was it. So mm-hmm. a lot of them. I didn't have a lot of tattoos then either. Maybe I had like six. You know, at the time. But you know, they looked at that because a lot of the white girls they look younger. So and it also touches on a lot of. Their kink, a lot of the men's kink, you know, because some of the women could be good and 45, but running around looking like they 16, you know, looking like teen, teenagers. <laughs> right. Well, that's their their thing. They, fantasy. Their fantasy. Right. Yeah. So that was their uh, their niche. You know, they had their clientele coming in. 
my niche, white guys love me. Like, they think I'm just the most exotic thing in the world, and they've never had an experience with a black girl because of who they're around in their social class. We just ain't in it. You might have one, but not like me, you know? Right, right. So, white guys, but the black guys want darker-skinned girls. So, hmm. it's all about what the customer, what the guy is looking for in his mind. And so as far as black strip clubs being looked at as lower, yes, I can see that because if you go to Cheetah, right. which is a lot more upscale, mm-hmm. and uh, I've I'm not I've never been in, but if I'm not mistaken, there is no pole and you can only get topless. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, I went to Cheetah one time, and it's been a long time. Yeah. Matter of fact, when I was there, Prince walked in. Oh, shit. Babyface walked in. Outcast walked in. Yeah. This has been 15 Because years. you know why they're walking in? Because that was a higher, that's more um, what they want to p- spend money on. Mm-hmm. You go to Pleasers, where I'm at. Right. Or, um, why are all the strip clubs leaving me? Strokers. Strokers. Strokers oh, God, Strokers. Blue Flame. Like, Pin you're not, you not going to see them. You might see. I hear you showing off over there, brother. You uh-huh. might see Drake, you know, <laughs> go, you know, because right. that's, he likes, he likes that, you know. But the higher caliber celebrity, they're going in to Cheetah. Right. So they can be around the white women and see the whitest standard, you know, mm. looking a lot more classy. We're not considered classy. You go to um, Strokers, that's ratchet. Right. You know, you're going to see ra- ratchet shit. Like, but you go here, you're going to see the classic. So it's about your preference. But definitely, if this is what you want, this is where you're going to go. And that's where you're going to get exactly what you want, where, depending on where you're at. Yeah. But as far I mean, as... It reflects societal norms. So it's like, what society Exactly. Yeah. Like, if this is if, I, if I'm just a strip club connoisseur, and I just, that's just what I do every weekend, oh, I feel like... Seeing some white chicks tonight, you know. I right. see like I, I don't feel like seeing all that ass twerking and shaking all that. Uh, <laughs> customers have told me because um, I'm small and mm-hmm. I I'm a pole dancer, so my body's always been fit. Mm-hmm. That's another reason why you know white guys kind of look at me because they don't they don't want all the ass. They don't yeah yeah they don't want too much ass. They don't want a thicker woman. They don't want yeah. But like, uh, like, like, like seeing you, and I've been to your Instagram page. Mm-hmm. I, you're obviously, you know, more muscular or whatnot, but you still have a, a great shape. Yeah. It's, I don't understand that. Yeah, and it's all about, like I say, it's all about their kink and what, and it's like yeah. a lot of times, like I worked at, um, it's V Live now, but DOA, it was DOA, DOA before, DOA, yeah. yeah. I worked there for a, a hot two months, did not make a dime. Like, is they, that, is that a, that's a black club? The Diamonds of Atlanta, yeah, black club. Mm-hmm. But I did not make a dime. Like, I was not for that club. I didn't fit with that club. They gotcha. want ass. You didn't have the stereotypical look. Right. And right. then plus. How long were you there? Two months. I mean, I, you know, I, I can I <laughs> understand that certain clubs or certain environments have certain patrons who look for certain attributes, right? Mm-hmm. And so that, that actually rolls us into our, our civil right really easily. And I, I really want your opinion on this, right? So I won't read it all because there's a lot. But the, the premise of this is that in 1997 in San Francisco, there was a club by the name of the Lusty Lady that mm-hmm. made history because all their dancers organized and unionized. Mm-hmm. And one of the, have you heard of this before? Yeah. Okay. So one of the ladies who kind of led that charge was doing an interview with on NPR. And I, I'll read you something that she said about the interview. She says, I talked about the ways black and Latina women are hypersexualized versus white women through media images. I stated that because images of women of color in the sex industry are made so accessible through the media, male customers frequently underpay them for sexual services. Mm-hmm. 
a few days after, and this is this is the part to really pay attention to, listeners. A few days after NPR aired the show, a man from San Francisco wrote a letter in response to my comments, stating that sex work is about fantasy, mm-hmm. and one cannot impose fantasies on customers through affirmative action. Mm. He continued his letter by stating that blacks are at the bottom as it pertains to desirable fantasy objects, and that the only way they will be viewed as more sexually desirable is if they become is, is if they improve their public image and their community and increase their wealth. Absolutely. So what I heard him say and my initial reaction was like that's horrible. <laughs> and then I started to think and you mentioned it just a minute ago when you said like basically at that particular club you didn't have the body type that they prefer. Mm-hmm. And so his yeah. comment about you can't impose your fantasies on customers through affirmative action and like I, I struggle with it. But there is some truth. Like, you can't force someone to appreciate a certain body type just because you have it. Right. But what's unfair there is all these additional things that have been piled on top of us as a as a black people. Absolutely. Right? The wealth gap. And if all that stuff is weighing in, like, mm-hmm. we didn't create that. Because— so how like, do you how do you deal with that? Be, well, they're always going to see black women as broken. Right. And um, we're always broke. You know, right. like money wise, right. we're always broke. Um, we're struggling. Right. Um, Their perceptions we, of us are so skewed. Yeah, we have so many kids, and we can't keep a man. Right. Um, we are. You're not going to see us in those um, in those corporate jobs. Um, you're not going to see. Although you, you, we are. You know, we're there. Right. Right. But it's just not so. We're either working somewhere fast food, or you know, they think of us so. Low, but as soon right. as you hear the name Sarah or Becky, like I said, my mom gonna right, no, I've with, always heard Becky. Right, right. <laughs> but um, you hear that, and it's oh, okay. Well, she she's okay. You know, that's fine. You know, right. that that's good. But growing up, going to job interviews, my mom would say, "Put Becky, put Becky on, put Becky on when you Cold go to switch. an interview." Cold yeah. You know, so I have to go in there. Hi, I'm Danielle Young. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, no, good and damn well, I am second alto, my voice is deep as fuck, and I want to talk like this. Right. Like, I'm in there breaking a sweat, trying to trying conform, to trying to fit yeah. in with you. So, you know, I did that, you know, because I've always wanted to work, I always wanted to have my own, but I, I knew that I'm not right. working for anyone, you know, for a long time. You right. know, you're not going to mm-hmm. tell me how to wear my hair, you're not going to tell me to cover my tattoos, like, you know, yeah. it's... That's some freedom. Yeah. Like I'm that's not gonna happen. But um what he's saying, no, they can't impose just because it's a strip club and we're here, that's when you, they hire it's it's dozens upon dozens of girls that work there. Right. So mm-hmm. they encourage us to work, work, work and work your shifts and be consistent because you have to make your spot, like create your spot in that club if what, is, what does that mean, create your spot? Meaning, if I'm if my shift is Monday through Thursday, if I work day shift 11 to 7, right. then I've, I've been there six months. Right. And, that, and I've worked. You know, I ain't been sick. I ain't took off. My ass been hustling for six months straight. Right. You're going to build it. If you build it, yeah, they will come. Too, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So it's rules to the game. It's shit that you got to abide by. It's unwritten shit. Just common courtesy type shit. Like, right. You know, it's it's a lot. Like, it's a lot to learn. It's a lot and a lot of women. And I, I hate that social media has made it so simple. You know, like, it's just, they've glamorized it. Right. You know, so, so much. They don't see it as work. This It's work. Just because it looks a little different from you and your cubicle doesn't right. mean it's not work. This is my shift. Like, as I was reading on it, what, what, I, what I began to notice from some of these mm-hmm. articles that I was seeing was that there's bias, there's racism, there's politics, all the things that... Art and I deal with on our job, mm-hmm. you deal with there. Yeah. It's just yeah. minimized because so many of us come in there, one, to let our problems go and to pretend like the world's okay. Mm-hmm. But also because it, I think a lot of people mm-hmm. just assume that all they're doing is dancing. Yeah. Well, right. And it's it, easy to do and that. And it's easy right. to do. You, just, you ain't got no construct that you yeah, in and you got other yeah, people like, that you got to interact so with. So you got and, one side saying, you know, these girls saying, oh, well, she just, I don't mind being naked. You know, that's fine. She's throw some money at me. I just shake my titties. Okay, yeah. I make that. I'll do that. But then you have the other side saying, oh, you must have daddy issues. You must be fucked up in the head. You must have been molested. 
you know, how can you, how could you, you know, show your body to people like that? Your body's supposed to be sacred. My body is sacred. It absolutely is. Right. Sacred and it's going to get this money too, you know? Like, it's, you got to have that kind of attitude. But people have, they see it in two different eyes, two different sets of eyes. That makes sense. All right, so we have, uh, we pretty much moved our way into the questions anyway, so let's just jump all the way in. (laughs) <laughs> We're here on Wild Black, and we talk about anything or any industry or any experience in which black people have to alter our behavior by force, by choice, or even from your survival at times, right? Mm-hmm. So, under that guise, what's black about? Well, first, before I even say that, what's the preferred terminology? Is it exotic dancer? Is it stripper? Like, what's the what's the right way to talk about it? The general term is exotic dancer. Right. Because I'm dancing exotically. You're not seeing me doing eight <laughs> counts and, you know, doing, you know, all that. No, I'm doing sexual movements that's, you know, giving you a fantasy. My body right. is moving in a way that's having like, this is what's up. Right. You know, I'm I am luring you with my womanly charms <laughs> with yes. my body. Yes. <laughs> You're probably very used to this. It's by by now, someone has rolled their eyes. I'm like, ugh, mm-hmm. ain't shit to this. Why are they even talking about this? Mm-hmm. So for for that person, help them to understand what's black about exotic dancing. Like, what are the struggles that you deal with from a race perspective inside the industry? Again, white is standard. Right. Really? And, yeah. Even for black men. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, see... And that's another thing, you know, you what, what you yeah. what you read, um, and it said that women are at the bottom and we are more sexualized. Mm-hmm. Well, in my experience, I guess that's a generation thing. Um, mm-hmm. it was a white girl that was the go to mm-hmm. to get shit popping, to who we you knew that was, you know, gonna turn up for real, for real, mm-hmm. you know. If you had that black girl that was about it, we about it for real. Like, you know, it's you you see us, how I move, how I talk, how everything you know. But they just knew to go get bubbles over there and she's gonna be she's gonna be about it. Right. And and when I was dancing, so I was twenty four, I'm thirty now. No, twenty two when I started like in the club. Right. So I'm thirty now. So that's a good little time, you know, for things to kind of switch up. The white girl was the one that you saw, you know, getting fucked up and was on the drugs and was on, you know, but we was working harder, you know, as far as on the pole, working more so we can get clients because they just come on in for them. Like they come in in flocks for them. But for us, you have to work harder, work harder. Yeah. So you one, I would never forget this shit happened recent July. I found this little spot, and it's called The Spot, mm-hmm. and they were starting to do exotic dancers on Tuesdays. So I had, you know, secured my bags with massage, you know, so I had that time, you know, to kind of dedicate to that place. And also it gave me a place to perform my music as well. Right. So I was there every Tuesday. So the first month, it was cool. It was four of us. It was all black girls, four, four girls, and we was in there getting it in every Tuesday. Good times. Second month rolled in. Clinton, white or black? Uh, uh, black. Okay. And um, this is uh, in Tucker, off uh, Brit Road in Tucker. Okay. And um, second month rolls in, it's slow. Like, I mean, I ain't making shit. Like, four weeks, we was good, leaving with at least 200 some dollars. Right. And second month, bro, we was like, okay, what happened? Well, the other girls, they... Had some other shit because, you know, you got to go get your money. Like, you can't keep doing it if it's not making, you know, money. It's not making sense. Right. So, therefore, they went some, did their thing. So, I ended up being the only one this particular week. And the. Just one dancer. Uh, yeah. I okay. was the only uh, regular one that had been there from okay, the gotcha, beginning. Gotcha. Like, mm. no new friends. It was only that we were the same four girls. Gotcha. So, we all had a group chat and everyone was like, nah, nah. So, I'm like, uh, I'm going to give it a go. You know, I'll be there. But I was okay with being the only dancer because the pole was there. I'm playing my music. I'm going to get my money regardless. Get there, and it's for white girls that the host has found. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. No, five of them. So the promo was 
$5 lap dances, $2 drinks. So this is a little cool little after hour spot. Um, you get off work, you want to come have you some good food, drink, see some, you know, dancing, you know, right. cool. So the girls get there and I'm like, we enjoyed the shit. We enjoyed each other. And one thing about being a dancer, you got to get out your head because the customers see that. You can't just be walking around trying to calculate numbers, trying to like, they don't look like they're going to have it. And they don't, the person that you think ain't going to have it probably got it all and you just lost it. Right. Like you didn't even try. Mm -hmm. But we, that's what I'm saying. We work harder. We talk to any and everybody. We walk in to each and every table. It doesn't matter. But white girl, nah. Mm -mm. If they don't approach them or if they don't say anything to them, it's not going to happen. You need to come to me because that's just the standard. Right. So the promo was $5 lap dances. Okay. Fun times. You know, we all know this is not your only job. Little gas money here and there. It's no big deal. Oh, you might have thought that I told them these lap dances was free. Like they were, oh, oh no. And, and, you're, and you're dancing on them? You're like really putting your butt on them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for $5? He didn't say $5. He, I said, well, I don't know what y'all discussed. I don't even know what y'all were here, going to be here. I said, but that that's what it is. Well, we just got hired at Oasis, and it's $10 lap dances, and it's table, table width. And I said, and they can't touch you? No. And I'm giving, and they're giving you $10? Like, so they... Their mind is, I'm, I'm white. This is how I, my experience. Right. I'm white, so you have to throw all the money on me. Gotcha. All, all I right. have to do is just be white. And I'll, you can't even touch me. No, you can't even touch me. So, and I'm like looking at them like, uh, well. You're in a whole different world. This is not Oasis. Mm-hmm. One, and, it's, and I said, and how you going to make it in this industry? You don't want to touch them. Like, what? <laughs> like, not, you know, in a, an assault type of way, you know, but... How you fulfill a a fantasy if you don't even touch I can't. I can just... They can just look at you and they're gonna throw, like... Yeah. Then it's a lounge. So, therefore, what we're trying to promote is that it's a little bit, you know, less than a... Less than a den in your pocket, you know, than a strip club because you already done spent at least $60 before you even walk in the door at a strip club. But at a lounge, you know, that now has dancers. You ain't paying for parking. You're mm-hmm. probably paying $5 to get in. Or if you're in there before 11 or whatever, the drinks are probably, it was Tuesday, so everybody has $2 Tuesdays. Right. So that's more tips for the dancers. So that's why it was good for us because it's like, you're here to have a good time. You know, like this, you not counting numbers. So, oh, yeah, you might have thought that they, I said, you know, you're just here. And they're not going to tip at all, and you're just supposed to do what you need to do. <laughs> they, they lost it, huh? Oh, they lost it. Like, that was not right. <laughs> so when you're, when, when you're dancing and you, you start to feel, like, just normal discrimination, do you typically see it coming from, like, the, the club itself? Is it from the other women? Is it from the, the patrons? Like, where, where do you feel it come from the majority of the time? Majority of the time is coming from the patrons. And what, what are they doing? What are you seeing? They are not dancing us. They're going, they're either calling me over to tell who they want to come over. Right. Mm. So they'll call you over, like, can you come here and, and bring her like, with yeah, you? And then like, yeah, can you tell her? No, if I go over there and like, hey, how you doing? You know, you having a good time? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Can you, I want her, you know, can she? You know, because they feel like there's, they have their favorite. So, yeah. but I have had to really like, Work hard, work, bust my ass on the pole. Right. Not not literally. I never fall on the pole. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, really work hard, gotcha. you know, on the pole. Like, pull out my best shit to try to get a tip. And then another chick just walks and, and flips her hair the right way. And, you know, I have worked shifts where I did not leave the pole and not made a dime. But I'm so passionate about pole, like this shit doesn't matter. <laughs> but you know, yeah. but being there, it it still gets annoying because it's like, what what is it that exactly that you want? So it has to be you have we have to have our own clients and our own people that we know gotcha. are gonna be there to make sure that we eat in. 
So one of the things that mm. I think you see a lot now, well, I won't say a lot, but it's definitely growing, is is pole dancing mm-hmm. and pole dancing outside of the strip club. Yeah, absolutely. So like it, even on my even on my Facebook timeline, I have a couple of friends or associates, mm-hmm. and these are white girls, mm-hmm. and big into pole dancing. Absolutely. Right? One of them left her corporate career, and this is what she does now. She, she's a stripper, or she teaches it. She teaches it. Oh, and so. Like as I'm looking through the timeline, when I get to their pictures or their videos, I yep. see comments. Everything is beautiful, gorgeous. Like I could never do that. The strength that you must have is is amazing. It's a community. I'm noticing. People don't understand that. I'm noticing. Do, do they give black women the same respect? Oh, America? is that, that when you talk about the pole community? It ain't even. It, that's not even a discussion. Like Race is not a discussion. no, we're sisters. It's a good thing. Like it's, it's, it's a community. Like, we love each other. It's none of that. Now, there are some things. I'm not even not going to sit here and flex. Like, it's nothing. But because there is a whole, I'm in a group. It's um, called Black Girls Poll. Uh-huh. Because it is a f- few things that in the community is a little, um, what about us? You know, uh, hey. How does the public react to it? To? Pole dancing. Because, like. I see how the comments from inside the community it's are very, all positive. It's very hit and miss. But right. for the majority, what I've been seeing, people don't understand it. They keep on, they, their mind is so closed still, mm. they only see Players Club. They only yeah. see the strip club when they see a poll. You can, I can have full classes. Now, I post on my IG my classes. And I can have a whole full class, and I'm saying five, six, Seven, eight. I'm still gonna get this pervy dude, you know, saying some bullshit. So it's all about how their minds work. But if you on my timeline and you see me, you know me, you've been following me for years, you know that it's a community. Right. And I say my post sister such and such from California, my post sister Tamika in t- in Tennessee, my post sister Leticia in Tennessee. Like, I got posters around the world. My posters in Virginia Beach saved my life years ago. So it's like, I will never forget them. My uh, Steam Fitness in Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. I was there every single day. I was in a horrible marriage. And I was there every single day with them girls. This dude, my husband beat my ass. Where was I the next day with a hurt foot and fucking fucked up lip? I was at the studio with polling, climbing. And I wasn't even that good then but I was climbing and I was there and I was around sisters I was around women who do the same exact things I do because also remember it was only really in the strip club it wasn't none of this and then if you're in the strip club we competing you know mm. we not you know, now like when I was working they saw how good I was and they're like girl let me give you you know a couple dollars how you do that thing you did when you did you know so that was my little side hustle too you know, they wanted to show, want me to show them a move or a trick or something. Gladly. You know, it's nothing. But in the pole world, I call it pole world, pole community, there's, mm-hmm. there's, um, when we talked and I brought up um, pole con, mm-hmm. you was I like, no what? Idea. <laughs> what's, what's pole con? <laughs> She'll break it down. Like, like Comic Con? I, I thought, yes, I, until exactly. I talked to you, what? my understanding of pole dancing was literally limited to either. The fitness classes I had seen uh-huh. or in the strip club. I had no idea yeah. when you started breaking down, like having a pole in your trunk and pole con oh, and industry. Yeah. I had no it's a clue. Whole, it's, a, it's a whole community. And what it is, is it's empowering women. Because mm-hmm. yeah. when you, it, no matter what your reason is for getting into pole, women, we got it rough. I don't care what anybody says. In a mm-hmm. lot of areas in our world, emotionally, Physically, mentally, like we got to, we, everybody, but I can only speak from, cause I'm a woman. Right. We got to have something to put our energy into and to actually be passionate about so that we don't lose our shit. Right. So sorry that it was me climbing a pole. Sorry. It was, you know, me loving being on the pole so much to where it changed my body. I'm losing this way. So now I want to dress when Dressed like the the hottest out on the streets now. I ain't never been this hot, you know. And when I first started, it was just a surprise party for my my older sister. And I was 23 and she was turning 30, no, 22. She was turning 33. And it was right down the street 
from Sposadale where I worked. And we went, surprised her for her birthday. And I did a chair spin because at the time I was already doing massage for five years. So my upper you did body a chair spin, spin. Chair spin, yes. What is that? It is a spin. And you're actually holding your legs up like your legs are crossed. So my legs look like this, uh -huh. but I'm in a spin. I'm spinning around the pole. Oh, I watched some pole dancing competitions oh, last night. I yeah. saw that. Okay. Those things are yeah. great. The, the wife and I watched them. It's crazy. Yeah, and I didn't even know that that was a thing. When I got into it and we did the class, I nailed the chair spin, and I I fell in love. So I was like, whatever. Whatever y'all do, series, what, what what's happening? I right. dropped money. I see y'all on Sunday. You know, I was in the pole that next week. I can was there. Can you build a career around pole dancing? Absolutely. You can own a studio, which I hope to one day. Right. Um... But now I'm at Twirl and Shape, um, right. Pole Fitting. That's my pole home. Um, my girl, World Premiere, is the owner, and I love her to death. Her name and is World Premiere? World Premiere, yep. Dope. And um, we, it's my new pole home. I've been there since June. Right. And I love being at a place where, because I've been doing it so long and I'm so passionate about it, I just feel like I can bring so much to the industry. Right. And they allow me to do that. So, um, just like Natasha, she has, I believe she might be like level two pole dancer. She's not advanced. It's levels to oh, this shit. Like, what? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, you putting us on. Absolutely, Do it's tell. levels. Do so, tell. break it down. So, you got beginner, of course, anything. Beginner, intermediate, advanced, and expert. Okay. So, Who Natasha. Do you consider yourself? I'm advanced. I'm intermediate, advanced. Okay, because yo, still, some of these, some of the ladies I saw last night, yeah, that was. I'm not crazy. there. Yet. I got, a, I got a while to go. I Bro, don't have even, you seen any of this before? That's what made me want to teach Dude. because I had no idea about it. My mind was blown, just like y'all, when I went and YouTubed it because I wasn't a big that's YouTube what I did. person. Mm -hmm. But I went and YouTube it. And the champion for last year is a sister. Oh yeah. Oh oh. A lot of the times is it is. <laughs> But, <laughs> but, but I went and I Googled it and I'm like, wait a minute, it's competitions? Oh. Wait, I can teach it? Wait, I can go get certified? What? Hold up. So, but I was already ahead of the game of a lot of people because I was already upper body strong. Right. So I was going upside down early, like three months in, I was upside down. Then that didn't... I can't even get my big ass on the monkey bar. Yeah. Oh, that was a monkey bar kid. It's going to be a problem. Yeah. I was that kid with the with the cast that got him now. Callus is because I'm <laughs> on the monkey bars all the time at recess. Yep. And I got him right now. I went and looked and I continued. I got a pole in my room. I put it in my room in my mama's house in mm -hmm. our apartment. And I was this pre-child. So right. I'm up to three in the morning if... Going to sleep at all, you know, really? on the pole. Your mom ain't tell you to put that damn pole down and go to bed? Never. She just, she got pissed off at me because I had the raggedy pole from Spencer's and I had to screw it in the ceiling. Right. And my skill level kind of grew really fast. Like, I wasn't just walking around it anymore. Right. I was, like, picking myself up and climbing and going upside down and making it move. So I did, did it ever fall like I see on the pole fail videos on never. Facebook? Okay. I fell one time and uh, I said I'll never, never fall again. So, <laughs> so whatever it is that I'm doing. Were you practicing I, not, or was it like I was it? practicing. Okay. So it but I like didn't you. like that fall. So yeah. I said never again. And but so anything that I try, I'm not doing it up in the air. I'm not, I'm doing it nice and low, like before I even get comfortable with doing anything up high. But, yeah, it's beginner. But I think I kind of, I, I was at beginner for a very short time. And then I went to intermediate. I got my, I'm about to say another term, shoulder mount. Shoulder mount is a really big um, staple in a polar's life because it is a very, very, very strong move. Right. And I have perfected that bitch. You so done Who, me? Right, yeah. yeah. You don't do so Listen, I, I I've got, got a I, life. Yeah, okay? I, got a, I got a question for you, though. So so from exotic dancing, including pole, and that whole thing, you got to have a hell of a lot of confidence. Yes, oh, I do. And yeah. self-understanding and self-appreciation. How did you, how did you, how did you build up to having this level of, of passion for stop. what you do? I didn't stop. And it brought so much to my life and, and you if you go and 
talk to other pole dancers, if you just say, hey, if you're a pole dancer, email me your story, you're going to get bum rushed. Like, I promise you, because... How did you start? My sister, um, we did a surprise birthday party for her. And my mom was trying to um, figure out what to do. And the studio that was... Remember, the, she did the chair spin, bro. Yeah, when I did the chair mm -hmm. spin, you know, yeah. that... But that was like the first that time That was my you... very first time. Yeah, I went to um, Pole Waxers years before that. What is that? Oh, it's another studio um, okay. out in Canton. Okay. Um, I went there... And I we did like a little pole party type mm -hmm. thing, but it wasn't yeah. even in my radar. It was like a walk around, walk around, twerk, 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 you know, type deal. But this time, you know, she actually showed us an actual spin and I nailed it. And I'm like, okay. And then I went in YouTube and I realized this was 2010. This right. is when it really started to make this really big boom right. like that. So when I saw what it can be, I just, I didn't stop. I never stopped. And at the time, I was working so much that I didn't have time to go to a studio. So it was a online lessons called Studio Vina. And she has grown so much. And she now has her own app. And, you know, she's definitely, you know, OG. You know, she was the first to have so those there's, online there's lessons. real business opportunity behind Oh, this. yeah. Then yeah. it came. She came. And then later on, now we have... Um, one, two, three, polling. It's an app, website. Um, yes, it's a website. Okay. And you, it's so many lessons on there like it's it's your go-to like if you just can't get out the house to a studio that is where you going where you gonna go so i love one two three polling it definitely brushes me up on things but studio right. vena taught me a lot and then when i was in virginia beach when i was at the studio all the time because i was military so my um, husband was in the navy mm -hmm. so we got like a killer discount so i got unlimited for like Sixty dollars. Navy given unlimited. No, because your military, you know, military discounts. Okay, you know, gotcha. We. Oh, the I used knows it. They doing, don't they? Yeah, right. No, <laughs> that it was just like, yeah, I'm in the military with my ID, so we got that huge ass discount, and I was like, I'm up in this bitch every day. Right. So that's where a lot of my shrimp, my shoulder mount came from there, for sure. And um, but a lot of you know who I am is from Esteem Fitness in Virginia Beach, and it's gone now. But I still talk to all the girls. Good. But um, yeah, we're still tight as hell. But well, it, I got I got a couple of questions I want to yes, ask yes, you yes. because I also want to get into this unicornism. I don't know. Oh I said yeah, that, right? that's a whole another topic, right? <laughs> <laughs> and we won't go too deep because we won't have time. We have to bring you back and go into that one yeah. deep. But from a story standpoint, right? Listeners love to hear stories. Mm -hmm. What's been the most offensive situation you found yourself in? Whether pole dancing, exotic dancing, just the whole the whole thing. The same night with the um, with the white girls, um, the same exact night, um, we had we had been I had been there. This was the sixth week, so mind you, I had been there every Tuesday faithfully, busting my ass. I had a hurt hamstring, but I'm still going there. You know, after I teach because I worked um, at I do massage at a corporate office out here. Um, I did work there 10 to 2. From there, go see about my kid. From there, I go teach from 8 to 9. Then from there, I'm at the spot, you know, dancing right. till 2 a.m. So this is what I was That's doing. Hell of a day. Yeah, this wow. is my Tuesday. So this is what I'm doing. And then we had these, um, this couple, um, the boyfriend and girlfriend, which I later found out was not boyfriend and girlfriend. They was cheating. This was they, they cheating spot. But they were fun as hell. They oh, always supported. Oh, they cheat together. Yeah, cheating like they were they cheating together. on their people yeah. with each other. Uh -huh. And this is where they, you know, they met up. And this is where they hung out. This was their date night, you know. So I didn't know that until later on. So they kept coming. So they always show love. And every time I would hit the pole, the girl would always put up a chair and she would show love. And the boyfriend, he always danced us all night long, showed all four of us love, smacking our ass. Like we... It, you be comfortable with your body. If you're going to be in this industry, you got to be comfortable with your body. Right. You don't like something? Okay. Go let somebody know. I'm going to walk away now. Go let whoever know. Keep it pushing. So the boyfriend, he likes to spank, likes to, you know, touch whatever. Not a beef. We're cool. You done been here. You spend a lot of money. You show love every week. I'm not tripping about that. So this night, 
when the new girls are here, um, I'm trying to, it was slow at first, first two hours it was slow, and then people started walking in, so I'm like, all right, y'all, listen, let's go and just chill, you know, at, you know, just all around, all, all around the lounge, you know, let's just, you go to the pool table, go talk on the pool table, uh, I'm going to go over here to this section, maybe bring some people to the section, you know, go disperse. All right, cool. So I go to the side. I let one of the other chicks go on the pole because I was tired of the pole at the time. So I go, I look, and it's like a commotion, like some some beef happened. So I'm like, what the hell done went down? So I go over, and she's talking to the DJ Hollywood, and he's like, she's like, um, yeah, uh, he he smacked me on my ass and no, like no, I'm I want to press charges. You know that's that's yeah. So I'm like what? So and this was she, this was the same the couple same that night. you were talking about. Yeah, same okay. couple that they have been coming since day one. Right, have been coming in there when they came just you know as, as they regular cheating spot. You know <laughs> they the cheating in the next room couple. Yeah, but they this Tuesday they surprised that oh shit dances is here bet. So they never didn't miss a beat. Came every Tuesday. So there are regulars. They've been showing us love. This chick decides that she don't like that he smacked her on the ass. And but I told them because when I saw them come in, I gave them a little time, you know, to get their drinks and food and everything. And I told them I was like, yeah, them are are regular people. You know, they gonna dance y'all. They gonna come in. You know, ask you for a dance. I was like, all right, cool. I said they always show all the girls love. So you know, make sure you be sweet to them. So turn around you you talking about assault and you gonna press charges mm. what do they do they kick them out they kick them out and i'm like y'all are dead wrong for that i said we we've been getting smacked and slapped on our asses since day one you didn't kick them out then we didn't complain but since these white girls complained you know now they got to be put out Oh, okay. So all of a sudden, because it was a a, a white dancer, it was, yeah. it was an issue. And she didn't like that. But this right. was the, they did it because you only going to do what you're used to. Am I right? Yeah. So yeah. therefore... That's it, your spot. That's you, your you, spot. You've been, you been here for six weeks. You've yeah. been coming up in this bitch every Tuesday. And ain't nothing been different. Ain't nothing been different. You've seen the same four girls. It was four of us. You see me. You, I come and dance on you. And you. we do our regular same shit. You on my ass, making my ass jiggle, do you know, feel my thoughts, whatever. You're this is what you're used to. So of course, and also it's a lounge. So therefore it's a lot more laid back. You're gonna get a lot more than you would at the stuck up st- strip clubs. Right. Yeah. So this that's what the lounges are about to play, because that's the way we that's how we get more money. But the you standard got, You gonna have to give us the list of lounges now. Well, the only one that I know of right now is Secret Lounge that does it on Sundays, and I we have to find a different spot. <laughs> on Sundays? Yes, on Sundays. So, Dang. but Dang, okay. I'm not sure. I, we have I haven't even been back on Tuesday because it just got so slow, and I'm oh, like, I, I got another question. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, it, it, wow. when you started talking about Sunday, so again, I, I do a lot of reading and stuff before these interviews. So I I ran into an interview that was with a woman who was extremely religious. Mm-hmm. But she was still an exotic dancer. Mm-hmm. So how how do you bring the God in you into a situation that can that is often perceived as so ungodly or so anti-religious? You can't. Only God knows my heart. Right. And that's how I feel about it. And you, that stripper is gonna praise and worship how she wants to praise and worship. Right. Rather it be. I just work double shifts on Saturday, but I'm going to get my ass up and go to church in the morning. Right. Like, if that's what you do, like, I meditate. So, therefore, after I had a shift, I meditate before I go to sleep. I'm thanking the universe for all that has happened tonight, for the money that I made, for, you know, I'm grateful. You know, that's what I do. That's how I stay right with myself and stay balanced with myself. Right. But everybody is different because... Tattoos are ungodly. Like, they say you're right. not supposed to have tattoos. You cut, car, stamp, stain. Yeah, you're not yeah. supposed to have that. My dad used to tell me, you know, you ain't going to get to heaven with them tattoos. Like, yeah, dad, yes, I am. I'm going to be up in heaven chilling, you know, with all my tattoos. I'm getting more. Like, you can't tell me, you know. So, but yeah. as long as I'm not no whole killer, robber, stealer, right? you know, hurting people, hurting people and... really being a dog-ass bitch out here yeah. <laughs> to people, manipulative to people, lying right. all the time, like being real ugly-spirited, then I don't have shit to worry about. 
Right. You know, but and, and I know that, like I said earlier, just because I'm not in the cubicle like you don't mean that this ain't a job. Right, right. Like, uh, Betsy Sue, I just sat and talked with your husband for four hours about how you don't get naked no more for him, about how you have let yourself go. You mean to tell me this ain't no job? You yeah. mean to, you mean to tell me that I'm not working? Yeah, right. You I just stopped. I just stopped your man from going to either rape someone else or or uh, cheat on you. Actually, go and have sex with another woman. I just thought he Becky just came Lee over owes here. You to, some thanks, huh? See, Becky Lee don't owes even you know. Some yeah, like I didn't. I didn't stop your husband from doing a lot. Do you see that a lot? Oh yeah, I was the therapist. Really? I was the therapist, absolutely. Especially if I was just a little bit too tipsy. <laughs> <laughs> and you couldn't leave unless you sobered up. So a lot of the times at the end of my shift, so I can make sure that I can leave, I would just keep on throwing back water and just keep talking to them. And they just keep tipping me as we talking. Like, because that's what people need. Just like phone sex. I've done phone sex. Like I'm keeping y'all. They got some weird shit, but I'm saving all types of little females' lives all over the place. What's the like, weirdest phone sex shit? <laughs> Boy, oh, you perked up. No, because he sat up. This is like the perfect opportunity for our listeners to hear. Man, this guy, he wanted, he wanted to, you know, the um, the poofy, what you would put on for uh, if a, a woman would put on for a wedding dress to make it poofy. Yeah. He liked to try those on. Oh. And he wanted, he wanted me to um, pick the color and tell him that he looked beautiful in it, and um. That was the weirdest one. But he was my regular person. I talked to him every afternoon. So I think it's obvious we're going to have to have you back because there's some other topics. Oh, but yeah. I yes. didn't even get to <laughs> like, remotely. <laughs> right. The, this is the one that I have to ask about because when you told me on the phone, like, I was literally lost. <laughs> right. Can you break down for Art and for the listeners what this whole phenomenon of the unicorn is? Okay, so a unicorn is U-N-I-C-O-R. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> but unicorn is a term used um, for a single female um, in the lifestyle um, or LS um, swingers, um, you know, in that lifestyle who couples seek out um, to either have a relationship with or just have some fun with or they go to the. What does fun mean? Uh, just have sex for tonight. Um, or just play at the party, you know, at the um, at the swinger parties. We just mm-hmm. gonna play tonight. Um, I was that unicorn. That unicorn, you're not obligated to anyone. You're Our not. Mouth ain't closed yet. <laughs> no, you're not obligated. <laughs> you're not obligated to I'm, anyone. I'm, 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 I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm wow. You're not obligated to anyone. You're a single, confident woman who goes to these parties and just does whatever she is comfortable doing. So. Me, my experience, I got a whiff of the lifestyle. Um, my girl Jersey, um, I just did I clear the divorce. The divorce was done, and I was two years postpartum. So you know, I've always been confident. That ain't right. never been a thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, life happened. A kid happened, and that postpartum depression is real. But I've always been a very sexual person and I'm just like ah, I gotta get back to me like what right. is out there like what is it and so um, I'm on Facebook and Jersey I made a post you know saying something about the lifestyle and I said what's the lifestyle it seems cool as hell like you know <laughs> like cause I knew I knew early I was bisexual so I'm like where I know there's gotta be something I can do where this shit's cool like for me to be myself I like to dance naked on a pole and I like to um you know, be free. It has to be stuff for this event right. and things like that. So I found, I, I asked, what's the LS? Oh, the friend request poured in. I'm talking about. The moment you brought the it up. The moment I, I just commented, what's the LS? Let me tell you. The floodgates <laughs> opened. When I tell you, all, I was invited to all the groups. I was, <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. So it was, uh. It was a research thing for me. I had it was nothing for me to get like a babysitter on the weekend, right. so my mom would keep my son, and I would go to these different parties, and I would be naked, or I would just walk around naked. Some of them would have me dance. Um, my biggest thing was dancing at the party. They wanted a dancer, right. so I would dance at the parties, and then afterwards, I would play. I would choose to play with this guy or choose to play with that couple, 
or, you know, it's it's just you, you know, having your sexual freedom. And I did that. You know, I that's what how unicorns, how we roll. <laughs> now you just until you find your place, unless you that's what you want to do is that's how you want to you're in the lifestyle. You know, that's your um, label in the lifestyle is you're a unicorn. And when you, they see you at a party, you know, the couple you might this couple might have a chance or this single guy might have a chance or whatever. But it's totally up to you. You're not tied down to anything or anybody. Right. Whereas if you're going with your husband, y'all got rules. If you're going with your girlfriend, y'all got rules. Or so a little bit, maybe two years um, in, I found my boyfriend, Nobi, um, at a party. And he did not step to me like, shit, you know, what's up? You know, I seen you. No, it wasn't no shit like that. He knew right. that I was a pole dancer and he's a videographer. And he asked if I needed videos. I was like, yeah, like I need someone to record my lessons. So we did that. We were friends for a couple months. And of course, we just talked, 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 hit it off. And he told me, he said, I don't want kids. Great. I don't want any more kids. And I said, well, I'm bisexual. He's like, well, I like threesomes. I love threesomes, you know. So we connected on that. We like the same things. So we have rules. So now when we go to parties and when we meet women, we have rules to abide by there's no more unicorn danny oh, like i'm so not no unicorn danny. yeah i'm not going here you know doing being free <laughs> doing whatever he, he really did sound the unicorn the unicorn you know flew away right yeah the unicorn <laughs> is dead now now i'm just turned i'm just the best girlfriend in the world right now, now every dude listens <laughs> like how the fuck can i have a can unicorn I this shit yes that we're is, there it's, it's like it's not, uh, women are like ashamed kind of their sexuality. And that's one thing about pole, you know, that has brought that sexuality. Because a lot of the times in these marriages, when they have kids, when, they, when women have multiple children, they lose themselves. They're nothing but mom. Right. So there's no more woman anymore. And I refuse. I think a for lot that, of women could, would, would agree with that. Yeah. Like I refuse for that to happen to me. Right. And. With pole, I made sure that didn't happen. Even on my shittiest of days, you know, even when I'm sick, I've had the flu when you still see my ass sweating and looking crazy on the pole. <laughs> and it's like, it's something that, you know, they say like the endorphins and this and that releases when you work out. I guess that's what happens. I don't know. But pole has washed away a lot of things. But, you know, it's my personality. You know, these things that I've gotten into have you know, kept me balanced because this is me. Where and then, whereas the other woman who has gotten in the pole, she's just like, oh, I just want to do it for fitness. So she's wearing the biker shorts and tank tops and not just know when I practice, I got on makeup, my hair is done a lot of times. I, I got on heels, you know, but if I'm just practicing, nah, I'm not doing all that. But sometimes you'll see me in that way because it's empowering. And then the way that I move around the pole and it looks like I'm floating, but it's hard. You know, it it, it looks easy, but it's very difficult. It looks amazing. I don't know how you, <laughs> you all can do that type of thing. Oh, it's the man. We the never stop. That's required. We never stop. That. And then that's what I, especially with my new lovies that's coming to Twirl and Shape, like you don't want to come to a studio with someone who looks like you and you're trying to learn. Right. You want to learn from somebody who looks like me because you have something to aspire to, but don't right. get wrapped up. And when I show you this climb and it looks effortless and it looks flawless that, oh, well, this is too hard and you just make it. No, I, I looked like you, too. I could not get my ass up there, you know, at one point in time. Like it all hurt me, you know, at one point in time I was there. But y'all didn't see the labor pains. You just see the baby. Right. So, That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So you know you didn't you didn't see me struggling. You didn't see me you know you see me shooting in the shooting gym. in the gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know you didn't see that yeah. part. So you didn't see while I was um, pregnant. You know I pulled up until I was twenty five weeks until I just couldn't stay awake long enough. So I had to stop. You know, but you know it's empowering. But it, these when we we have to be empowered some kind of way, and right. I. <laughs> With my life and the shit that went down, like that, that's very important to me. And because right. of my confidence and my personality and how I am, I gotta have that. I gotta have that confidence. So if I gotta go poll real quick, or I'm gonna dance this party, I know I ain't gonna make 
no money, but I like the people. These people is my people, and I enjoy the poll, and I enjoy what I do. So, right. mm-hmm. and not and it's it's just helping me. Y'all enjoy watching me, but this is I'm meditating while I'm up here. Yeah, it's therapeutic. It's therapeutic it's for me. Yeah, it's work, but it's mental work, and I got a passion for it, so it makes sense for me to do it. No exactly. Matter what. Yeah. Cool. Well, we are, we are at the end, so okay. I want to ask one one more small question, and then mm-hmm. I'll hand it over to you. To I'll keep it short. Kind of close out with the <laughs> listeners. but so. so Vincent had about 10 last questions, just so everybody knows. <laughs> 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 Exotic dancing overall, right? Regardless of, you know, the ups and downs, regardless of any of the bias that exists there, is this something that you would tell uh, a young black girl to do, to invest in, to to find her way. Oh, they long. Beautiful. What is it about it? I, I know for you, it seemed like a thing that really kind of helped to keep you afloat. Mm-hmm. What is it about the industry in general that you would tell that young girl to expect to get from it? Support. Um, she would expect to get a lot of support. Um, it's so important to work out, to get some kind of fitness in your life some kind of way like you ain't even got to be lifting a thousand pounds or go to the gym you just walk like right. i have an ab roller like if i'm bored i do that like it's you can get a treadmill and just run for 30 minutes every morning like something right. but if it's self-esteem that you're lacking if you're just a little like uh oh, not liking your body or whatever pole is gonna knock that shit right the fuck out because you learn a couple things and you you're you're burning you're burning calories you're moving your whole body while you're doing while you're just walking around the pole when you just do that spin you're lifting your whole entire body if you're 175 pounds you're lifting that over and over and over again trying to mm-hmm. nail this spin right so the repetition of what you've learned is the workout gotcha so when you do that you're having fun but your your focus is oh i got to nail this spin right. all the while, all the while but your body's getting your body's getting tight like, your booty's parking up, you got them abs, you got some gun, you got the gun show. Right. My boobs have left, but, you know, <laughs> that is a small sacrifice in pole. But, you know, once they see that, you know, that's a whole nother realm of confidence just start, just comes about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anything you want to tell the listeners in closing? Yes. If you are in the Atlanta, Duluth area, come see me at Swirling Shape Pole Fitness, 5090 Beaver Ruin Road, Suite 500. Is there a website? Uh, www.swirlingshapefitness.com. And I am Blue Diamond. I teach Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And I also do mobile lessons as well. So, and follow me, um, Instagram. Danny Love, T-N-S, D-A-N-I-L-O-V-E-T-N-S. Also, Danny Love, the pole singer, D-A-N-I-L-O-V-E, T-H-P-O-L-E-S-I-N-G-E-R. Danny Love, the pole singer, and Massage by Danny. <laughs> Danny out here doing it. M-A-S-S-A-G-E-B-Y-D-A-N-I. Download my mixtape, Juiced Up, on SoundCloud now because you need it in your life. And listen to my song, Pole Ratchet. You'll really get some pole know-how when you listen to that. But, yes, definitely do it. (laughs) Listeners, (laughs) uh, hit our episode description. All that information will be detailed out there for you. All right, brother, you got anything? Hey, I love the confidence, I love the passion. If everyone had that level of of love and passion for what they do, it would be such a better world. The same thing. Yes, that's it. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Listeners, if there's something you want to do, go do it. Just go out there, live your life, have a good time. Don't let anyone tell you what you can't do, what nope. you shouldn't do, where you don't belong. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, one thing that I definitely heard come through from Danny today was that drive and confidence will take you wherever the hell you're trying to go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So just get behind yourself and, and go do what you need to do. Yes. Just do it. Everybody, peace. <laughs>